Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Three, two, one. But I've worked it out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Everybody Kirk Kirk Street is on the phone. Hey, the Airtour Sports yeah. Podcast presented so awesome. by Betfred Sportsbook. It is Friday, November 25th, 2022. That is right. Your boy woke up early, and he is recording a Black Friday episode just for you. That's right, you, yes, you, standing in line, ready to fight over an Xbox here on Black Friday. I wanted to get out a show before the end of the week for two simple reasons. One, we have some major college football, and this is what I want to do. I want to make it a quicker show. I want to make it a shorter show. We will just focus on some major college football to lead the show. I couldn't get out of the week without giving you a Michigan-Ohio State preview. We'll hit on some of the other big games over the course of the weekend. Florida-Florida State, which is a Black Friday game, Friday night. Uh, Clemson, South Carolina, Louisville, Kentucky, all that good stuff. Uh, We'll do that. We'll take a quick break. And then I do want to do just a tiny bit of college hoops. We will recap the Maui Invitational, which was absolutely fantastic. Uh... Uh, you know, Arizona wins it. I think Arizona is emerging into one of the very cool stories in college basketball. Creighton finishes in second place. Arkansas, the wild finish to finish in third. So that's going to be the show today. We're going to do a, a Michigan, Ohio State and college football preview very quickly on Maui, the Maui Invitational. I will say if you want the rest of Feast Week, because Feast Week is still going on. Monday show, we will have a recap of everything else. We'll talk about these PK85 events that include Michigan, uh, or excuse me, include North Carolina and Duke and Gonzaga and UConn and Alabama and Michigan State and all those teams. We will do all that on Monday and, of course, recap all of the big games. Before we get started, by the way, just one really quick announcement, and that is this. As I said, it's Black Friday. I'm recording a show from a hotel uh, not a lobby, but what do you call it? A conference room here. Woke up early, woke up the wife, woke up the dog, and I did it all for you. But if you want to help support the show, here is the deal. Uh, it is Black Friday, and we obviously sell merchandise here uh, at AT Media, Aaron Torres Online. So if you are a fan of, I don't know, Kentucky, Tennessee, Yukon, Arkansas, whatever, go to the Aaron Torres Media Shop. Go to AaronTorresOnline.com slash merchandise, and you will see 
all of our merch that we have right now. Some of our best sellers, you may have heard of them. The Big Pig Invasion tee for you Arkansas fans. Go ahead and get it. You know Torres invented the Big Pig Invasion. It is going crazy. We have Big Pig Invasion tailgates. People are trying to steal our stuff. The tailgate I like. We have other media members trying to steal our stuff, but we created the Big Pig Invasion. You want to support us, get a couple Big Pig Invasion tees. Our Mike F. and Woodson tees, I am just telling you, they are selling off the shelves. For UConn fans, we got some new Mora Hurley 2024 tees in. Those have been a great seller so far. Uh, Kentucky fans, very interesting. I do have a few copies of my book, One in Fun. That was about the 2010 Kentucky Wildcats. I am selling a few autographed copies. You can get all of that at AaronTorresOnline.com slash merchandise. AaronTorresOnline.com slash merchandise. Support your boy. Big Pig Invasion team. Mike F. and Woodson team. Maura Hurley 2024 tees. Get your one in fun book there as well. And thank you again for your support. With that said, let's get to the topic of the day, baby. The topic of the day, again, we're going to try to make this a quicker show, but the bottom line is this. We have some mega college football coming this weekend, and I would be remiss if I didn't talk about that, as well as a little bit of college hoops. And so let's get into it. Let's jump into it. And really, the focus of this segment is going to be on the game itself. Michigan plays Ohio State. The game is in Columbus. Ohio State is a seven and a half point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook. And what I think is interesting is everything that is at stake for this game, right? There's a lot of great rivalries. The Iron Bowl is great. We're going to talk about South Carolina Clemson. But not every rivalry is as big as this one, and not every rivalry has much has as much at stake as this one does. Now, we know, I, I want to talk about, uh, you know, where I want to start is a few things. One, what's kind of at stake in the bigger picture, but what's at stake in even the bigger, bigger picture. And I think here's what's interesting to me, right? Is there is the stuff that is at stake that we all know about the 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 obvious tangible stuff. The winner of this game will be 12 and 0. They will be the Big 10 East champs and they will play very likely Iowa to go to the college football playoff in the Big 10 championship game. So that's what's at stake. Big 10 championship, potential national championship, Big 10 East beating your rival and the winner of this game is essentially going to the college football playoff. More importantly, the loser of this game is really going to be on the outside looking in. We talked about it on Monday. We discussed the fact that you look at the playoff picture right now. Georgia's getting in, especially if they beat LSU. The winner of this game is getting in. And right now, TCU and USC have the inside track to those other two spots. And so because of it, you lose this game. You're very much on the outside looking in. I would argue Michigan is probably even behind Clemson at this point. And so it's important for Michigan. You got to get this win. It's also important for Ohio State as well. But what's equally interesting to me is the existential stuff, the stuff that we know is at stake that isn't tangible, that you don't get a trophy for, that you don't get uh, anything other than a pat on the back and a, a bunch of posts on the message board about. And that's pretty straightforward, right? If Michigan wins this game, the bottom line is the rivalry has officially flipped. That would be two two years in a row. Harbaugh revamps his entire staff, everything he's doing after COVID. He almost gets fired. He keeps the job. You beat Ohio State in back-to-back -back years. All of a sudden, you are the program in the Big Ten, and the rivalry has officially flipped. Maybe as importantly, do you remember what Jim Harbaugh said after the game last year? He said a lot of people think they 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 a lot of people were bored on third base and think they hit a triple. 
Well, he was talking about Ryan Day. And that's the bottom line. That's what's at stake for Ohio State here, right? Is one, you got to beat your rival. You can't go 0-2. Two, Ryan Day loses this game. I think there's going to be a lot of people that sit there and say, is Ryan Day really that good? Or did he just inherit a great situation than Urban Meyer? It's getting worse every year. Plays for a national championship. You know, you know, goes to the college football playoff in year one. Plays for a national championship in COVID in year two. But year three, you lose to Michigan. Year four, you lose to Michigan. People are asking questions about Ryan Day. And I think more specifically, remember, after Ohio State lost to Michigan last year, and keep in mind they lost to Oregon in the regular season as well, what did Ryan Day spend all offseason doing? He spent all offseason revamping everything that they do in that program in terms of offensive line play, defense, physicality, toughness. And it was for this game. They got punked at the line of scrimmage last year. They were soft. And Ryan Day basically uh, got a new offensive coordinator or a new offensive line coach, a new defensive coordinator for this game specifically. Well, it's one thing if you beat up Rutgers at the line of scrimmage. It's one thing if you beat up Indiana or Maryland or even Iowa that can't move the ball on offense. It's another thing if you do it against Michigan. More importantly, it's another thing if you can't do it against Michigan. And I'll tell you this, if Ohio State loses this game, we're going to have to have some very tough questions about Ryan Day on Monday's show. Now, coming into the game, I think the big storylines to me are pretty obvious. But it's really, frankly, health on both sides of the ball. We've spent most of the last couple of days talking about the health of Michigan. Remember, Michigan played Illinois on Saturday. Their star running back, Blake Corum, who frankly is maybe the best running back in all of college football, he goes down in the first half with a knee injury. Now, thankfully, he came back out. He came back out ready to go uh, and did play a little bit in the second half, but he clearly wasn't 100%. They pulled him. Michigan just barely gets by Illinois. Brett Bielema thought there were some questionable calls. But we all saw what Michigan looked like with Blake Corum, and that's obviously the storyline coming into this game. What is the health of the star running back, Blake Corum? Now, we did see him earlier this week for people who missed it. He was walking around handing out holiday turkeys for Thanksgiving, which is obviously a great thing. But more importantly, it shows that maybe he is something close to 100%. If, if he was really banged up, he's probably not walking around in icy conditions in Michigan handing out turkeys. But what is the, the health of him? What is the health of his backup Donovan Edwards? And if it comes down to them not being 100%, can Michigan's quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, do enough, put enough on his shoulders to get the victory? What's equally as interesting, and I don't think people are talking about nearly enough, is the overall health status of Ohio State's running back room as well, right? Because here's the thing that I look at when I I think about this game is, again, we know Ohio State can throw the football all over. C.J. Stroud, their quarterback, is probably maybe the Heisman Trophy favorite at this point. Uh, He's going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. We know they can throw the football. But as I said a minute ago, everything that they've been building all year is kind of like we want to prove that we can establish ourselves at the line of scrimmage and that we're tough and that we can run the ball. Well, one, they've kind of been wishy-washy up and down running the ball all year, but two, coming out of their game last week, they weren't healthy at running back either. Travion Henderson, who was their star running back a year ago, um, he's actually, frankly, struggled with injuries most of this season. 
Well, he left the Maryland game in a walking boot. We don't know. He's certainly not going to be at 100%. Mayan Williams, his backup, who actually has played significant amount of time, he left two weeks ago. We don't know if he's going to be at 100%. And then, of course, more importantly, they did get a contribution from Dalen Hayden, a true freshman. He had 186 yards rushing last week. But again, what it ultimately comes down to is can this team get the job done running the ball? Let's get into it. So I want to make my pick. I want to make my prediction. And what I would say about this game, when I think about this game, a couple things come to mind. And I think it's totally fair and totally obvious. And I don't think I'm breaking any incredible news telling you this. When I look at this game, what is obvious, right? I think what's obvious is Ohio State has more across the board talent. One through 85, no one questions that they are the better, more talented team. But I also think we kind of understand that Michigan, outside of last week against Illinois when Blake Corum got hurt, Michigan is the more consistent team week one through week 12. They've basically been the same team every single year. So why do I bring it up? It is because when I look at this game, there's one thing more than anything else that stands out to me about this game going in. We know who Michigan is. We know their strengths. We know their weaknesses. We know what they do well. We know what they don't do well. With Ohio State, though, here is my question. Ohio State, to me, they give me big Alabama earlier this year vibes, okay? And so what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is this. Alabama coming into this year. Remember, I said, and I was one of many, this could be one of the great Alabama teams in the history of Alabama football. And we kept saying, well, you know, last year they struggled, but once they figure it out this year, oh, it's game on. And then they struggle against Texas. And well, if they can put Texas behind them and move on, well, you know, they could be very good. And then all of a sudden the season goes on. And then they lose to Tennessee. Then they lose to LSU. Then all of a sudden you realize, wait a second, they never actually figured it out. They're just a, a disappointing team with a bunch of talent that never totally put it together. Now, I understand this isn't an Alabama segment, and I understand Alabama's down season is 10-2 and two when they lost to two top 10 teams on the final play of the game. But the point I'm trying to make with Alabama is they never figured it out. We kept waiting, and it never happened. And to me, I kind of feel like it's the exact same thing with Ohio State. We keep saying, if you look at Ohio State across the board this year, there's been games where their defense has been awesome, and there's been games where their passing game has been awesome. There's been games where their run game has been awesome. And we've been sitting here saying week after week after week, oh, you know, they don't look perfect, but once they put it all together, once they marry that defense with the offense that we know they have, oh, my goodness, they're scary. They might beat Georgia. Well, here's my question. It's now week 13. I'm recording here on Black Friday, November 25th, 2022, and they still haven't put it together. And so my question is, could they, because it's a rivalry game, everything on the line, have the game of their year, beat Michigan, destroy Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game, and go to the college football playoff? Absolutely. Would it shock me? No, it wouldn't. But as I said on Monday's show, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them, and that's what I look at with Michigan. That's what I look at with Ohio State. For 12 weeks now, 12 weeks total, 11 games, they have shown us that they are inconsistent, that they have peaks and valleys, ebbs and flows, that they can't get everything together at the right time. And I just sit there and say, I understand it's a rivalry. I understand they're coming off the loss last year. 
I understand that they have been waiting for this day for 365 years, and maybe we get their best effort. But I've been waiting for their best effort for months now, and it has not happened, and I will believe it when I see it. And so my official pick is straightforward. I like Michigan to win this game 31-28 to because I believe Ohio State, to me, is almost like Georgia a few years ago where they're great in these moments and they have these flashes and they look great. But until you can get over the hump, until you can prove that last year is behind us and you are back owning this rivalry, it's hard for me to believe it. Because when I look at Ohio State, what did I just say about Michigan a minute ago? They're consistent. They're limited, but we know exactly who they are. Ohio State, and I've talked about this a lot, they easily could have three losses this year. They weren't very good against Iowa. Don't look at the final score because I had people, oh, Torres, they put up 52 points. I don't care that they put up 52 points. Watch the game. They they kept forcing turnovers. The defense kept doing its job. C.J. Stroud couldn't get the team into the end zone. Had to settle for five field goals. Eventually, Iowa is so incompetent offensively that it didn't end up mattering. But they weren't great in that game. They weren't great against Penn State where they trailed in the fourth quarter before pulling away because Penn State had a complete meltdown because their quarterback, Sean Clifford, is in his sixth year and he can't make plays. Last week against Maryland, I said it on Monday's show, Maryland had the ball driving with a chance to win under a minute to go. And so don't tell me that they're going to flip a, a switch. Show me. And maybe they do, but until they do, I'm rocking with Michigan. They've been the more consistent team all year. They know who they are. They know what their identity is. And I don't think you're going to get any fluctuation between this team from previous years to now. So give me my official pick in the Bedfred Sportsbook. I like Michigan plus the points. I like Michigan's money line. Final score, Michigan 31, Ohio State 24. Well, really quickly, across college football, just a couple quick news and notes. You know, first of all, I'll tell you this, as I record here, you know, Lane Kiffin has said he plans on staying at Ole Miss. We'll see what happens with that. We will obviously update that one as time goes on. Uh, There is no news to report as I record here, at least not right now. Maybe by the end of the show, we'll have some update. We'll keep you updated on that. I think by Monday, we'll know for sure, is Lane Kiffin going to be the guy at Ole Miss? And if he isn't, um, you know, or is he going to be the guy at Auburn? And if not, we'll figure out who. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. Just a couple other news and notes, games that, of note. One, I'll say this. I think a really interesting game on Friday night, Black Friday, so the day that you're listening to this potentially, is Florida-Florida State. Florida State's a 10-point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook. I'll just say this. I know we like to bash all things non-SEC, and I don't think the ACC is very good in football. Florida State is quietly having a very nice year. So Florida State, if they win this game, will finish 9-3. and three. Their losses were to Wake Forest, NC State, and Clemson. In the game against Clemson, they outgained them. NC State, they lost in the final 20 seconds. And so you're talking about a team at the end of November that has basically played one bad game all year against Wake Forest. I think they're the better team. I like a lot of scoring in this one. If I had to bet it, I would actually take the over of 58. But I think that's an intriguing game to me. Black Friday night, uh, Florida, Florida State. I do like the over of 58, but I think Florida State's a really good team. They're trending up. They return a lot next year. Could be a very fascinating team to watch going forward. Uh, in terms of the Saturday games, listen, I think the Iron Bowl obviously stands out. Alabama, a 22-point favorite against Auburn in the Betfred Sportsbook. I'll just say this about Alabama-Auburn. It, it goes back to what I just said a minute ago about Alabama. I don't trust them. I, I we they've give, We've given them 12 weeks to show us 
that they can flip a switch, they can be great, and that they can play like they actually care. And they haven't done it. They came out flat against Texas and won. Barely survived against Texas A&M. Barely survived against Ole Miss. Did beat to, or did lose to Tennessee. Did lose to um, did lose the other day to LSU. Oh, by the way, even the Arkansas game, it was close into the end of the third quarter before they pulled away. I just haven't seen enough from Alabama to make me believe that they're going to win this game by 22 points. Auburn is playing hard for Cadillac Williams. I do think Alabama wins, but I think Auburn covers that game in Tuscaloosa. Really quickly, Clemson, South Carolina. Listen, South Carolina played the game of their lives last year against uh, last week against Tennessee. I don't think they're ending college football playoff dreams for a team in back-to-back weeks. Give me Clemson as a 14.5-point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook. An interesting one, Louisville at Kentucky. Do you know that Louisville is in the most recent top 25 of the um, of the college football playoff? Do you know Louisville's won five of their last six? Do you know that Louisville's only loss during that stretch is to Clemson at Clemson? I think Louisville wins this game. Kentucky, there's a lot of questions, obviously, after Mark Stoops gets that massive extension. Give me Kentucky. You know, Tennessee Vandy, I, I, I just feel bad. Tennessee's about a 14-point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook. I just don't see any way you can you can reasonably bet this. Um, you know, Tennessee, you know, we, we know the Hendon Hooker situation. You feel terrible about it. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. Vanderbilt's playing well. Vanderbilt's playing to potentially go to a bowl. And then finally, I just say a game to keep an eye on. Uh, 4th, uh, 3.30 Eastern time, Oregon at Oregon State. They used to call it the Civil War. It's still the Civil War as far as I'm concerned. Oregon is just a three-point favorite on the road against their rivals. Remember, if Oregon wins this, they go to the Pac-12 championship game where they will face USC. USC is playing Notre Dame. We'll get to them in a minute. But Oregon still has to win this game to guarantee themselves a spot in the Pac-12 championship game to play for a trip to the Rose Bowl and maybe to to ruin USC season. Speaking of USC, they play Notre Dame. They're a five-and-a-half-point favorite in the Betfred Sportsbook. I'll say this. I think everyone all week, all I've heard is Notre Dame has the blueprint to beat USC. They're physical. They run the football. I get all that. Here's my question. Doesn't USC also sort of have the blueprint to beat Notre Dame? Because isn't the way to stop a team from running the football, to get up early, complete some big passes, get up 14-0, and then they can't run the football. I like USC to cover the five and a half points. I think that's it in terms of marquee games. No big thoughts on the Apple Cup, Washington, Washington State. Uh, No big thoughts on anything else. But it should be a fun, 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 fun Saturday of college football. All right, that's what I want to do. I do want to take a quick break. I do want to come back. And when I come back, we are going to hit on some college hoops, the Maui Invitational in specific. It wrapped on Wednesday. We had some great action in Maui. Arizona takes care of business. Creighton finishes in second. Arkansas finishes in third. We're going to take a quick break. We will be... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, we're going to get back to the show in a minute. But before we do, I want to welcome back our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. Listen, by now, I've told you the story, but I'm going to keep telling it because I love telling the story of Betfred. Started in the UK in 1967 with over 1,600 shops in the UK. They are one of the most respected sports books overseas and in Europe. And here's the best part. They have come to the United States and made a major splash. They are not only the presenting sponsor of all things Aaron Torres Media, but oh, by the way, also the presenting gambling sponsor of the Cincinnati Bengals, the Colorado Rockies, the Denver Broncos. And what I love about Betfred, they do more for their betters and more for their customers than anybody going. I've told you before, but we sent our listeners to the Denver Broncos VIP tailgate. Stay tuned. Your boy Torres may be in Cincinnati for a Bengals game. Could I bring some of you with me? There's only one way to find out. Stay tuned to this show and, of course, download the Betfred Sportsbook app and uh, hang out with Betfred. They are awesome. I love working with them. And here is the best part about Betfred. They are offering listeners of the Aaron Torres pod the best deal going in sports betting. Bet $250 on any game this weekend. You like Michigan over Ohio State, Ohio State over Michigan, Clemson over South Carolina, Kentucky over Louisville. I don't care who you bet. But you bet 50, you get 250 in free bets, courtesy of the Betfred Sportsbook. It is the best offer going. Take advantage right now and tell them Torres sent you. Bet 50, get 250 in free bets. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we're going to get back to the show in a minute. But before we do, I want to welcome back the sponsor of the Aaron Torres Pod NFL Pick'em Challenge, Bracket Fanatics. By now, I've told you all about Bracket Fanatics, love working with them, have worked with them on multiple NCAA tournaments, and this year they started a weekly NFL Pick'em Challenge just for listeners of the Aaron Torres Pod. 
Here's what you got to do to take advantage. Go to bracketfanatics.com. Join Bracket. When you join the Bracket, the Bracket is named Torres. Do that, and you're automatically to enter to win certain prizes. What are those prizes, you're probably wondering? Well, first prize is this. $1,000 season-long cash prize. So you make picks every single week. Just pick every single game, winner and loser. That's all you got to do. The winner with the most picks over the course of the season, $1,000 season-long cash prize. But here is the great part. In addition to the $1,000 season-long cash prize, we're still given $100 weekly cash prizes in case you have not signed up yet. And so if you have not signed up yet, again, go to bracketfanatics.com, join Bracket, Bracket named Torres, and you will automatically be entered to win $100 weekly cash prizes. We have obviously to this point had 10 weekly winners. Congrats to all the weekly winners so far. We will name our week 11 winner later in this week. Thank you to Bracket Fanatics, our sponsor of our Aaron Torres pod, NFL Pick'em Challenge. All right, everybody. I am back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Uh, listen, so here is the deal. It's Black Friday. There's football coming on. USA soccer is playing soon. And so I'm just going to be very quick with the end of this Aaron Torres Sports Podcast because you guys and girls have other things to do. Uh, and we have, you know, four episodes next week to kind of wrap up everything. But I'd be remiss. Feast week is going on. It is one of my favorite weeks in college basketball. You have all these great events, uh, the battle for Atlantis, the PK 85, the ESPN events event down in Orlando. And we're going to hit on all of that on next Monday's show because much of it is still going on as I record. The thing is though, there is one tournament that ended and it was just an all timer out there in Maui, I'm, of course, talking about the Maui Invitational. And when I tell you, you know, we came into this week believing that this would be one of the best tournaments of Feast Week and one of the best Maui Invitationals in recent memory. It delivered as Arizona wins the Maui Invitational. We had four really good teams in the semifinals. Arizona beats Creighton in the final. Creighton in Arkansas was maybe the game of the year so far in college basketball. Arizona taking care of business. San Diego State leaves with two losses, but I actually think they're a pretty good team as well. And so I just want to kind of give some quick thoughts on this event, and then we'll get to the rest of Feast Week on Monday's show because we're going to have a lot to recap. But with, with the Maui Invitational, what I would say is this, is that often I always say the more interesting story is in the losing locker room. You've heard Torres say that before. Sometimes it's apt. Sometimes it's dumb. Sometimes I'm trying to sound smart, right? But I do think in this case, to me, the most interesting story is actually the Arizona team that ended up winning this. Because when you think about all of the conversations we had on this podcast throughout the offseason about all the different things in college basketball, we talked a lot about, say, North Carolina returning all their guys, Duke with John Shire, uh, Kentucky with their new pieces, and John Calipari revamping once again. We talked about Arkansas and their recruiting class and their transfer portal guys. We've talked about so many different teams. One of the few teams that we never really talked about, though, was Arizona. And for me, it was for pretty good reason. I thought they'd be good. I liked them more than most. But Arizona lost three players to the NBA draft, including two first-round picks. This off of a team that won the Pac-12 regular season title, the Pac-12 tournament title, and was a number one seed and made the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. And so when you have a first-year head coach, last year, remember, Sean Miller had left. 
Tommy Lloyd, the longtime Gonzaga assistant, is in as the head coach. When you have a first-year head coach, he inherits a ton of talent. I sat there and said about Arizona, listen, credit Tommy Lloyd. He brought something out of those players that I don't know that Sean Miller could have. But when you lose a top 10 pick in Ben Matherin, who might be the, the runaway rookie of the year right now for the Indiana Pacers, when you lose Dale and Terry to the Chicago Bulls, Christian Coloco to the Toronto Raptors, I said, I just don't know how good this Arizona team will be coming in. And so I bring it up because after losing three first round guys to the end, three guys to the NBA draft, Arizona goes to Hawaii and pretty much doesn't miss a beat since last year. They take care of business in the semifinal. They put up 87 points against a really good uh, San Diego State team. They put up 81 in the title game against um, against the Creighton Blue Jays. And I just sit there and say, we once again, last year, Arizona was not ranked in the top 25. They end up with a number one seed. This year, I think we all thought they're going to take a step back. This might be, again, the Pac-12 favorite and the uh, a team that it, that could eventually at some point be in line to get a number one seat. Now, in terms of how they did it, what's most impressive about Arizona, it's starting to look a little bit like Gonzaga. Like I said, their head coach, Tommy Lloyd, came from Gonzaga. But the one thing about Gonzaga that we always, if even if you don't like them, you have to appreciate them. Even when they would lose guys to the NBA, even when they would lose guys to the draft, they'd come back the next year and they wouldn't miss a beat. And so what's so impressive is, this isn't a team that completely just signed a, a, a number one recruiting class, five stars up the you-know-what, and is just throwing out a bunch of NBA players. It's not a team that crushed it in the portal on paper. As a matter of fact, it was the exact opposite. Arizona fans spent most of the offseason freaking out about why haven't we been more aggressive in the portal. Well, it's because Tommy Lloyd trusts himself, he trusts his development, and that's the cool part. Arizona is doing it with guys who were in the program last year as role players stepping up and being elite as college players this year. The best example of that, their big guy, his name is Umar Balo. If you don't know the name, get to know him. He looked like a baby shack in Maui, okay? So this was a kid was with Tommy Lloyd and his staff at Gonzaga. Did not play. Remember the Gonzaga team that played in the national championship game in the bubble? This kid never saw the floor for him. Transfers to Arizona last year. He's a backup barely plays. I thought he played well in minutes. How about this kid going to Maui and dropping 30 points in the championship game, currently averaging 19 and 10? Ashulis Tubelis was on the team last year. Very good player, struggled down the stretch. He goes for 30 in game one in Maui, 14 and 12 in the final two games. Kirk Creesa, the point guard with the headband, the guy that's starting drama all the time. Again, was a role player last year, has 21 points in the semis, has 13 and nine assists in the title game against Creighton. And so my biggest takeaway is we once again undervalued Arizona coming into the year, but maybe, so I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to put it out there. Is don't Like I said a second ago, don't they look an awful lot? Don't they look an awful lot like Gonzaga in terms of, one, how they play. They play kind of that European passing, spacing, ball movement, three-point shooting. But two, don't they look like Gonzaga from the perspective that when Gonzaga really had it rolling over the last four, five, six years, didn't matter who they lost, they show up day one, and it's like they never missed a beat. And I'm starting to wonder, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, was Tommy Lloyd actually the brains behind the operation at Gonzaga? 
Because, again, this Arizona team already looks more like Gonzaga than Gonzaga does right now. They got a bunch of European players. Now, it's worth noting some of them were recruited by Sean Miller, Asulas Tubelas, Kirk Risa, but then they brought in a couple other guys. They find the right guys in the portal, right guys that fit, and all this team does is go up and down the floor and get buckets. Again, 87 points against an elite San Diego State defense. 81 in the title game. They're averaging 97 and a half points per game. Five different players scoring in double figures. They're shooting 45% from three. And so I sit there and say, Arizona is really impressive. And that was kind of my biggest takeaway. I kind of sort of think, I'm just saying, was Tommy Lloyd the brains behind the operation? Really quick, a couple other notes. You know, one, Creighton finishes as a runner-up. Arizona kind of dominated the championship game. I think Creighton was just sort of out of gas after that emotional semifinal against Arkansas. But when I look at Creighton, listen, I think this was an important week for them, and I'll tell you why. I I think we've talked about it on this show, but if you follow some other people in college basketball, not me, I'm a genius, but you follow other people, the, 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 the knock on Creighton was, are they that good or... How good were they coming into the year? And and the narrative was this. For people who follow advanced analytics, there's a site called KenPomeroy.com. I think Ken Palm does really good work. I also think some people in the media value the analytics that come with Ken Palm too much and not enough with their eyes. So coming into the year, the narrative was, is Creighton really that good? Because the Ken Palm rankings never had them. I think it was in the top 40 all of last season. Just one problem, context matters when it comes to Creighton. Last year, they came into the year, they had lost all five starters from the year before. They had five new starters, three of them freshmen, one of them a sophomore who did not play. And so it was, to me, unfair to judge Creighton last year. But then more importantly, they were a young team that got better late. Despite a bunch of injuries, by the end of the year, this is what they did. They went to the Big East Championship game where they lost to a Villanova team that eventually made the Final Four. They destroyed a Providence team that made the Sweet 16 in the semifinals. They also get to the NCAA tournament. They've lost their starting point guard, their backup point guard, and they lose their starting center, Ryan Kalkbrenner, in round one. And they take care of business against San Diego State and play Kansas in the in the round of 32 and are able to nearly pull off the upset there. So I thought the narrative was nonsense. But it's one thing to come into a season and have people say, how good are you really? It's another thing to actually deliver. And I thought they showed out. This is a really good team. This is a team that I believe is going to compete at the top of the Big East with UConn as the top team in the Big East. But because the Big East kind of plays on FS1, they don't have that ESPN branding behind them. It's important when you get in an event like this to show out and prove how good you are. And I think they did that. I don't think anyone comes out of this tournament saying Creighton is anything other than a legitimate contender like Arizona play that fun European style of basketball. They themselves shoot 39% from three. They're averaging 84 points per game after this. I thought it was a very important tournament for them, though. I thought they had to show people, hey, we can play with SEC teams. We can play with Pac-12 teams. We can play with Big Ten teams because you don't get those opportunities And again, there were people that questioned this team. Now, I really liked them. I think I had them at number four in my final preseason poll, but you got to prove it on a national stage. They didn't win the tournament, but I thought it turned out really well. Finally, we got to talk about those Arkansas Razorbacks. And let me just say this. We talked about Arkansas a ton in the offseason, but it's one thing, again, 
to see a team on a piece of paper, to see the number two recruiting class in America, to see three McDonald's All-Americans, to see six top 100 players, and to see a bunch of really good transfers coming in, Trevin Brazil from Missouri, Ricky Council from Wichita State, et cetera. It's another thing to see it on the court. And even though Arkansas did not win this tournament, I came away so impressed by this group, okay? First of all, Creighton, returning four starters from last year. Arizona, three starters from the Pac- or three key players from the Pac-12 championship game. Arkansas brought back two players total and has 11 new players. And so for them to go to Maui, destroy Louisville in round one, in the second round, they play a veteran Creighton squad. They play them down to the wire. 90-87 is the final score. It could have gone the other way. Arkansas fans, you know the refereeing was at best a little bit sketchy, at worst in favor of Creighton. But I bring it up because you 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 don't win that game. It comes down to the final seconds. Creighton survives. And then you go to a third-place game late in the tournament. Young team, probably wants to get home, came for that first-place trophy, and you find a way to win against San Diego State. And so one, a couple things I learned. One, this is a typical Coach Must team. They play so hard that it doesn't matter who they're playing or what the score is. They are never out of the game because they play so freaking hard. They uh, Defensively, offensively, attacking, putting pressure on you. This is what Eric Musselman coach teams do. And this is maybe the most talented team that he has ever had. Secondly, that is my big takeaway. When I look at Eric Musselman, when I look at this Arkansas Razorbacks team, right now, in this tournament, I think they had three players that proved on any given night they could be the best player on the floor no matter who Arkansas is playing. Anthony Black in game one had 26 points. He is the true freshman from the Dallas area, going to be a top 15 pick come the NBA draft. 26 points in round one, 26 points in the Creighton game. Trevin Brazil, we've talked a ton about him. 20 points in the title game in Maui. And then Ricky Council, I think, could be the X factor. He is a transfer from Wichita. That kid is going to play in the NBA. He had 19 in the runner-up game. And actually, as of the end of this tournament, he is Arkansas's leading scorer. It's also, of course, worth noting that Arkansas does not have the number one high school player in America, Nick Smith Jr., playing for them yet. And so when you talk about a team that has three guys right now averaging 13.5 points per game, and they're going to add a fourth guy that is a potential lottery pick. This team, I believe, and we'll see by the end of the weekend if I'm proven right, them and Alabama, to me, are the teams in the SEC. No disrespect, Kentucky fans, you know what your issues are. No disrespect, Tennessee fans, I need to see it. You barely survive USC as I record, uh, but I do like this Arkansas team. They get the victory, and uh, it, you know, and we we start to look at the rest of, of college basketball. This Arkansas team, man, one, as I said, the most talented Eric Musselman team he's had, two, and I think this is important, three, four guys that can get you 20 to 25 on any given night. All right, I think that's it for this episode of the Aerator Sports Podcast. By the way, Louisville stinks. We don't need to talk about them. We could talk about them another time. They go 0-3. It looks really bad. Uh, so, yeah. With that said, it is time for me to get out of here, though. It's Black Friday. I tried to keep this to 25 minutes. I get the sense that I went a little bit longer. But if you're not subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you're subscribed. Also, make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media, at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. 
Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. By the way, do me a quick favor. Be a friend, would you? Go to the Aaron Torres media store, AaronTorresOnline.com. Go ahead, get some merch, get your Big Pig Invasion tee, get your Mora Hurley 2024 tee. Go ahead and get uh, whatever it is to support AT and the cause. Uh, really does help us grow uh, and continue to do what we do, which is give you a lot of good content over the course of any given week. All right, with that said, I think it is time for me to get out of here. I do appreciate the support, and here's the deal. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Have a great Black Friday, and I will be back on Monday with a loaded Aaron Torres pod. Time for me to get out of here. Shout out to Torn Craig. Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Reddick, UFN. It's Black Friday. Unblock me, bro. I'll be back Monday. New Aaron Torres pod. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.